I went and picked up Henry, and Ray was like outside with him, and he was like, Did you see uh, the manager soon now? I was like, No, he's like, You interested? I was like, ah, Yeah, I mean, kind of, not like super. I, if I had the time, I probably wouldn't mind going to see it. He's like, Yeah, my brother, yeah, Mark went saw it. He said it's the best. He said, uh, Ben Affleck is the best Batman ever. And I was like, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> And I kind of said that to him, and he agreed. Like, I didn't hurt his feelings, but, like, if his brother was here, I'd be like, No! Do you know who Michael Keaton is? And Christian Bale's also awesome. And I might be the only one. There's a huge, I'm not the only one, but I'm in the far minority. I thought Valco was a kick-ass Batman. You're amazing. That's terrible. Batman Forever. Those are some of the worst. Batman Forever was good. You're mixing it up with Batman and Robin. Those are two What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode seven of the Disc Golf Podcast. If this podcast was a day of the week, it would be Sunday because it's the seventh one. And to join me on this, <laughs> I just I already uh, we talked about something that I'm not going to talk about in the podcast, but just talking about that made me want to talk about it. We're no, gonna, we'll leave that there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So the that crazy voice that you hear coming in out of order before being introduced is my co-host. Joe. Hey, guys. <laughs> We're already off to an amazing start here. Can we call next episode The Ocho? Sure. Why not? Like, not episode eight. Not not uh, episode Ocho. Like, The Ocho. Is that because you have Mexican heritage? I do, but no, I just like The Ocho. I, we also have a friend named The Ocho. <laughs> I mean, that's not his name, but it's his name. Uh, and it's just fun. The Ocho. Great. Which it's, is, it's been decided next week's episode will be named The Ocho. Right. It's also not El Ocho. It's The Ocho. The Ocho. Because we, yes. like we like our broken Spanglish. Yeah. It works. I, I, I'm into it. We are a mixed cultural background podcast. We're not that mixed, though. Yes. I, I cover basically all of Northern Europe. And, uh... and half of me also does that exact same thing. <laughs> And then I got, half, I got the half Mexican that, that makes us uh, a cultural group. But basically 75% of us is, is super white. Basically the difference is I sunburn really bad and Joe doesn't. Yes, I can tan. It's, it's a lovely world. I can peel real good. Yeah, yeah. And I can put on multiple times over the course of a disc golf round SBF 70 sunscreen. And Joe can just laugh at me yeah. while I do that. As he says, hey, do you want something? I go, no. No, I'm good. Joe also doesn't really get poison oak, just in case you guys needed more reasons to hate him. Right. Oh, one other thing. Because of the season, it is now spring. I also don't have any allergies. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> feel free to send hate mail to Joe. Hey, but Robin's a better disc golfer, so it evens out. I, I need all the handicaps I can get, so, like, Robin... Uh, not being able to throw his favorite disc because it went into Poison Oak. When I'm not looking, Joe being, takes my discs and goes and rubs them in Poison Oak. Being in like, having like, well, no, because that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything unless like the next week you can't play. Like it doesn't, it's not automatic. You're not like three minutes later being like, oh no, my hand's swelling up from this Poison Oak. But I wouldn't throw it if you like took my favorite buzz or something like that and rubbed oh, it Oh, right. But it's not behind your back. Like it'd have to be pretty blatant and be like, yeah. oh, there goes your buzz. Yeah. Or it could be just a long con where you're you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, like sometimes I'm gonna take Robin's you know, like rag, his t his disc golf <laughs> towel, and get some poison oak on it. 
Well, like, you don't know what happened. Like sometimes, like, your friends will throw an extra disc or uh, you'll clean them up by the basket when you're playing, like, a casual round. What if I'm just like, here's your disc, and I accidentally throw it 50 feet over your head into some poison oak? That would be, that'd be a real jerk move. It would be a jerk move, especially because, like, 50, 60 feet, there's a really good chance that I totally missed the poison oak, and then I look even more like an asshole because you know that's what I was trying to do, and I didn't even do it. <laughs> a jerk throw into a jerk bush? Yep. Yeah. Oh. The jerk bushes are out in full force Yeah, right well, now. I, I, like I said, I went and played Crane, and oh. I, I recalled, I remembered... They are everywhere. There, there's a lot of poison oak there. It's nothing like, oh, it, it's just everywhere. If So if, if you are elsewhere and you don't know what poison oak is, it is a plant that is endemic to the western United States that gives you an awful, awful rash that lasts for at least two weeks. If you come in contact with the stems, leaves, any part of the plant will give you a terrible rash. Right, because it has like an oil on it, and the oil is what like, gets you. Yeah, it. I, I literally I walk nearby it, and I I I feel scared. Like I can sense its presence, I can feel the evil, and I have to walk away. It's just like it's it's bad enough that you take hazard relief. Yeah, like yeah. that's definitely something. Like if you throw into the center of like a big poison oak bush, you're you're gonna take relief. Yeah. Uh, because you're not standing in that to throw. That's no way. I guess, I mean, East Coast poison ivy? Yeah, poison ivy, yeah. Right, so, so and it's probably Coaster. a similar And I have no idea have no about clue, Europe. But, but um, uh, there's stuff. There's bad things everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But they are freshly leafed and full of oil and just being jerks yeah. everywhere. And it's on certain courses, it's extremely common here. That's the wonderful thing about uh, elevation is it doesn't grow there. Ooh. If you guys so, didn't know, Robin's, Robin's kind of a plant guy. We've said it a few times, but oops, he, he knows his plants. So you go up to, to uh, the mountain ranges in California, you get above the frost line, which is like three, 4,000 feet, and there's no more poison oak. What about like coastal? Does it grow coastal? It does, but not as well. Right. Like I, we watched that <laughs> tournament, the... the Otter open. The otter open, right? Yeah. And the, I didn't. I don't no. feel like there's any poison oak. It's more there. a dry weather type place. So yeah. The the coastal breezes not as coastal breeze and fog not as happy with that. But but that stuff's dirty. So yeah. So it's spring. So not only is that out to help my game against Robin, but all of the pollen and the beautiful things in the <laughs> air to make Robin sneeze and and hate life sometimes if he has to walk through tall grass. Basically, I'm allergic to everything on the disc golf course. It's beautiful. It hates me. <laughs> so I'm allergic to the grass. I'm allergic to the pollen. I get poison oak, and I sunburn really easy. So I'm pretty much... <laughs> allergic to the sun. I'm like a disc golf bubble yeah. boy. Well, I mean, aside from the sun, you can do pretty well to, to stay away from the others. Yeah. I guess the pollen is whatever. I don't really know because I don't have allergies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Poison Oak, so I played that round at, at Crane and didn't have a single time where I was even like on edge of Poison Oak. So that was a nice feeling. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Crane's our local course. There's a couple of spots that are huge. It's in Rohnert Park. Huge sections of Poison Oak. Mm -hmm. There's one hole, hole five in particular, where if you go right, you're going directly into like a Poison Oak Island. Oh, I know. I played with... It's like, like 40 feet across. With, Turned his disc over, and I was like, no, but he hit that. He hit an early tree and dropped. Oh, good. And we all rejoiced. Yeah, that's terrifying. The other kind of sad thing, you know, going into spring, and, and we've had a bunch of rain here in California, which is not 
finally normal given our past few years we've been literally in a drought out here but we've had a, a, a good amount of rain this year yeah well it's so, the boy yeah <laughs> so <laughs> el nino see <laughs> joe demonstrating his knowledge of mexican culture That's what I because of his heritage again <laughs> the other thing is <laughs> is it's been a while since the courses have been this green. I feel like this is an especially beautiful year. You see pictures of Stafford Lake, which is totally full, which is a mm-hmm. course out in Nevada, which is a beautiful course. It's awesome. And uh, which is nearby us. A course that if you come to the Bay Area, I think you have to play. Yes. Uh, if you're Golden Gate Park and Stafford. And De La Vega. De La Vega. And De La Vega. Well, but De, De La's not Bay Area really anymore. I, I still think that if you're coming to the Bay Area... Make that trip. You need to go down. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're coming from, like, a far distance, for sure, it's worth that trip. Especially, yeah. like, if, if you're coming into, like, the city, you're coming to San Francisco, it's not that bad to get down yeah. to Santa Cruz. But I guess I'm thinking, like, if you're San Francisco and north, yeah, then for sure Stafford yeah. and, well, and Golden Well, you Gate. could, in a day, come up... Say you came to visit San Francisco... You could go play Golden Gate in the morning and then go play Stafford in the afternoon yeah. very easily. And that would be an amazing day of disc golf. Or You'd be tired. Say, say you went one day and you played Crane and then you got in a car with all of your friends for like a bachelor party or something. <laughs> and you drove to Santa Cruz, right? And then you stayed the night in Santa Cruz and then you played De La... And then you stay the night again, you wake up, and then you play Stafford on the way back out. You could totally do that. Joe is describing my bachelor party in, in, uh, in great detail. We d- that was awesome. Well, I, I like that you said great detail because that was very vague detail. It was. That was it very was. little detail. I that was, was hoping that people would meet, think that that was all that happened in the bachelor party. and that there but, was. But still, I mean, that kind of shows where we stand on disc golf that uh, we tailored... The bachelor party around playing disc golf. That's literally all I wanted to do. And there was definitely not like hobo level drinking going on the entire time. Not for me. I, <laughs> I had a great round at De La. As, as rounds for me at De La go. Anyway, back to what I was originally talking about. Which was, I feel impending doom with how beautiful it is. Because pretty soon, probably in like four or five weeks... All our beautiful green hills out here in California are going to go brown and dry and dusty. And and I feel like they just got here. Yeah. Because it was either it was it was brown, uh, dry, dusty, skips everywhere mm-hmm. into crazy wet mud. Yeah. So everything stuck into the ground into like a minute of green and then let's go right back to. I'm also really worried about my Instagram feed because I'm going to have to, like, take a bunch of pictures because they're about to get real ugly soon. We're going to have to... Oh, what you need to do, right? So I've heard about this. I have a friend who does uh, landscape architecture. (laughs) You can just paint grass. Did you know that? Did you know that's a thing? Weird. I wonder who told you that. You can just paint dead grass green and it looks beautiful and luscious. Yeah. Let's just get out to our courses and you could say, for instance, spray some of that down. Turn a daytime picture into a nighttime picture if you wanted to. You could also do that. There's this thing called Photoshop. Yeah, it works wonders. Maybe that's what I'll just do. I'll just ignore summer and just every picture I take, I'll Photoshop it to be pretty springtime. Okay, listen, guys, the podcast is over. We are going to now turn our attention into 
an iPhone and Android app that just night times everything. <laughs> just, just pretties everything. Yeah, just pretties it, makes it nighttime, and makes it luscious and green. If is, be. is the middle of summer making you sad? <laughs> Turn on this app <laughs> yeah. that'll make it look like spring Take again. the picture and leave and just go home and look at your phone. Is that sad And you tree? might feel better. <laughs> we'll put the leaves back on. And the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. I'm, I don't care. I want to play more. I don't know. I don't think that's going to help me get out more. I don't know. No. It just means we got hot weather coming. Yeah. Dry skips, rolls. Tall ass grass. Tall grass. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Yeah, no. So I was, and we'll get into it later. I won't tell you what it is. I was uh, testing our uh, disc for a deer review earlier today. And totally threw it straight into some tall grass. Kind of on purpose. And then had to take like six minutes to find it. And I was like, this is going to be the dumbest thing ever if on the first throw with this review disc, I lose it in tall grass. <laughs> like, this will be the worst. Like, I I couldn't even explain it. Like, I was so upset. And then I found it right away. Or not right away. But, but quickly enough that I didn't feel bad anymore. That would have been pretty funny. That would have sucked. I like this disc. Yeah, it's and you, a good one. you didn't even have to have a chance to throw it yet. <laughs> well, I I have now. But you have now at that I point. At I that point, it. I would not have that. Exactly. That's accurate. So we had some some record shattering news in disc golf yes. this week. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Warriors and sixty eight. Oh wins. my goodness, you you and your Warriors. Don't act like you're not a Warriors fan. <laughs> Listen, we have listeners all over the country. We, all over the world, bro. We could have listeners in Utah right now that are really upset about what you just said. They're not upset. It was a great effort. Yeah, it was. The Jazz played great. But we're here to talk about disc golf and That's the record-breaking throws that occurred in the desert over this last week that were both amazing and controversial. Right, right. Which we'll get into a lot, but basically... Uh, Earlier in the week, we had, uh, going in, I think it was Friday or Saturday, we had Simon Lazat break his previous record and throw 903 feet, which is really far. And I believe the previous was like 860-something? It was like 862 or 863. Something like that. So he broke, And he was like the first one to get over 850, and it was like a big deal. So he broke his previous record by nearly 50 feet. And uh, the whole world was, you know, disc golf world was was going nuts. And, and even right after that, people were citing the wind as being a huge factor in right. in this. And it, it obviously is. Yeah. They're in the, the Prim Desert in Nevada. And uh, they're playing. Flat, a, windy. Flat, windy area. And there were, you know, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds on this day. And they are a huge factor. It's a big reason why these throws go so far and then to compound it going into monday they were throwing on a day where they were having averages of 38 mile an hour winds and they were throwing them as tailwinds so they're throwing with the wind essentially right and david wiggins shattered just absolutely shattered yeah the record did throwing 1109 feet yeah which so over he, 200 feet further. Yeah, besting his previous record by by a couple hundred feet. Well, his record was like eight. Eight something, yeah. Eight something, like low eights. Yeah, so 
So he... Right, because this time so last yeah, year... So nearly 300 feet. Well, this time last year, I remember you and I, you know, saw that Simon broke it mm-hmm. with his, like, 863 or whatever. We were just, like, blown away. I mean, yeah. I guess even going back the year prior, when Wiggins broke it, mm-hmm. we were blown away. Yeah. Um, and it was his own record before that, right? It was, yeah. So anyway, so he broke it, and then it got broken again, insane... Then Simon comes up with this 900-foot one, and we're like, dude, nuts. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And then he Wiggins just comes out and obliterates it. And there were multiple other players that threw above 1,000 on this day as well. Yeah. So immediately the, the forums and the various, you know, uh, there's lots of articles written about it, people there's discussing, Reddit. arguing about it on the forums, and... A lot of people talking about the merits of this record and whether it's even a record. Does it? People bring out the the term of does it need an asterisk uh, to go along with it? Oh, they were juicing. <laughs> I th- I don't think it was a steroid reference. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. When I think about that, that's what I... Wiggins does look like he's been working out a little. So, but not maybe, not juicing. He doesn't look like he's he, on steroids. He's like, it's like lean muscle. And if Simon Lazat's on steroids, he needs to fire whoever's selling Dude, the steroids. Uh, yeah, they're not doing a good job because he's getting some uh, fake steroids. Yeah, I think we can be fairly certain that yeah. that's, that's not the case. But it was immediate controversy, and and people kind of a little bit divided. I, I saw a lot of people saying either you know. The contest is what it is. They're going out. They're all competing under the same circumstances. Yes, it's wind-aided, but this is still amazing what they did. And there were other people just being like, this is stupid. It's not repeatable circumstances. We can't compare it to anything else anywhere because of the wind and the throwers. Um, And there needs to be some sort of control. And even people saying, this should be, we should find a hangar. And I don't, I like an airplane hangar to throw indoors and have like, perfect repeatable circumstances so we can know under ideal circumstances how far can these but, that, but that's a cool thing and actually there's a video where they kind of talk about it but those same two dudes are going to be at the top yeah really they are exactly all these like if you talk you're like oh i can do that that and that wind the thing is to get up to where that swirling wind is to get that distance you have to have an insane amount of power mm-hmm there's no way I'm getting any distance in wins like that. Yeah. No way. Not not only do I not have the power, but I'll be honest, I guarantee I don't have the form to throw it the right way to get it to where it needs to be, how it needs to be there. Like my disc, I, I can't, I've, I've played in some dirty wind, but it was probably like 12 miles per hour <laughs> and had my like stable discs come out of my hand on a hyzer and turn over and I'm like, shit, I got half the distance that I usually would. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Or I'm even further away from the pin now because mm-hmm. it turned so much. I don't even... I mean, I understand how they're thrown somewhat. But I couldn't do it. I, I yeah. couldn't. And and for people to talk trash and be like, well, wind aided. Anybody could get 800 feet right there. They're full of shit. So, exactly. They are. And it would be, and they did mention it, both David and Simon did a a video where, which was really great, I thought, they both sat together and discussed the records, what they just saw, the records that they just broke, and what it means, and how it happened. And they were very matter of fact. By the way, that video made me feel a lot better 
for Simon. They were humble about it. They they discussed exactly what it was, and they weren't you know beating their chest about it. They just basically said, "Yes, we threw this far. We also hear you and understand that this should probably change in the future." And we agree. And give us a hanger and we'll still throw yeah, the furthest exactly. out of everyone. And they mentioned, you know, Garrett Gerthy and and, uh, and a couple other people that basically, you know, it's going to be the same. They basically said it's going to be the same guys, five guys on top, no matter what. Because these are the guys that have the power to, to make these throws. Do you remember watching, um, I just randomly thought of this. So back in the day, like Discmania on tour, like I think there were some videos with with Avery going out with Juicy to mm-hmm. the desert to throw distance, and I remember Avery throwing out there and being like, "My goal is to get, I think six hundred or it might even been five hundred. It was five hundred or six hundred that he was like really trying to hit, and the thing is at this point, like you look at like a Lazat, you look at a Wiggins, um, you even look at like a Paul Macbeth." They're hitting 500 pretty regularly yeah. on the course. 550 even. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, what? Earlier this year, Simon threw over 500 twice. Like, I think the holes were 505, and he out drove both of them, got two eagles mm-hmm. back-to-back. The, these guys are throwing 500-plus with regularity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not insane for me to think about a 600-foot hole, especially with someone like Lissat. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, if either he's either he's having a really great round or he needs to make up a lot of ground, mm-hmm. one of those circumstances, there's a good chance that he's just trying to get it there. That he could uncork and, a distance, and that own. he could. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that he's going to make that effort because he he knows he can get it there. Yes. Like I'm not going to roll up to a 500 foot hole and be like, all right, I could get this. Like if mm-hmm. there's if there's any ob or there's anything even close, like I'm not going to think about it. Yeah, because there's no. Wait, like there's no perfect scenario that I could even get there. Like there's no wind that's going to get it and I'm going to throw like a turnover that's going to have time to come back. Like that, I don't have that shot. I don't know if I'll ever have that thought. A, a four, shot. Maybe a forehand roller on like a black diamond where you're standing at the top. Right, right. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> and it just continues to build speed down the middle. So if uh, if you're not clear on, on how wind affects a disc and how it makes you throw. I think this is a good time for us to talk about that. That is actually because they were throwing in massive tailwinds and what a massive tailwind does to your throw is it causes the disc to essentially be more stable. So how you combat that is you typically throw more understable plastic, lighter, more understable plastic. Oh, we should point that out though. So, Sorry to cut you off, which I tend to do a decent amount on this podcast. If you're counting at home. <laughs> Take a shot. Oh, I'm really, please make a drinking game. <laughs> with, podcast with, drinking with, game. with Joe uh, interrupting or stepping on Robin. Yeah. Or vice versa, but mostly You'll get blasted. This way. You'll be so blasted. Uh, you're welcome. Hopefully, don't do this when you're driving to work, please. Yeah, no. Um, and hopefully be over 21 in a safe environment. Anyways... Uh, it was with an R Pro boss, boss yes. yeah. like 150 grams or yeah, something it was like, like 156. that. 156. 156, and you're then another it. Blizzard boss, right? That was another yep. like 150 something. Exactly, yeah. So a 154 gram R Pro boss 
for Wiggins. And uh, I don't know what Simon's was. Simon threw the same disc that he broke. But with he last was year. yeah, it was a it was a Blizzard boss, and I think it was in the in the one fifty range in. Uh, in that blows my mind. Eight. I'm like I'm going on such a tangent right now, but like a champ, like an actual champion boss, like a fresh champion boss, is such a stable disc. It's insane to think that. Like I know you have some bosses that you had forever that I have will a, turn over for you. I have you. a Blizzard boss that you can I can practically make it do a full like. Oh no! Totally. Do you remember um, what do I call it? Uh, Butterfly. Yeah. So I found I went on to like the uh, end of a factory store, mm-hmm. and I went to like their X outs for Blizzard bosses, and I got the lightest one I could get. I got a one twenty eight. Yeah. Blizzard boss that just was ridiculous like a spike kaiser would turn into a sky roller yeah i had a i i bought a 134 gram blizzard boss and i could throw it rim up so upside down and i could get it to flip all the way back up wasn't that an ape uh both i had boss i had both so ridiculous how much like weight and that blizzard plastic so i could throw it upside down so almost like a scooby shot except trying to throw it flat just upside down and it would literally flip over to flat yep and then fly and then glide for a minute the goofiest thing you've ever i don't think i ever got it to flat i think it ended up kind of at a hyzer but but uh, still super ridiculous it's stupid so essentially (laughs) these guys are throwing the lightest most understable discs they can possibly find and they are throwing ridiculous ridiculous huge sky annie roller type angles because they want to get this disc up in the air at the the steepest angle they can so it'll get up ride the wind and glide out and that's what they're trying to do and it takes a huge arm to do that and they discuss that in their the video which i highly recommend you watch it's up on youtube it came out just the other day if you if you search david wiggins and simon lazat on youtube It'll come up right away. Uh, really great explanation of, of, of what it was and, and the unreal circumstances that they were throwing in and the amount of power that it takes to do what they did is still off the charts. Right. Well, they were, they were talking about... Um, oh, I'm such a bad person. What's the women's world record holder? Uh, Jennifer Allen. Jennifer Allen. That she so she broke five hundred so she had a great drive the same day Simon had the nine hundred, but then she got out into that same wind the next day and couldn't even get close to where she was throwing the day before. Yeah, like that shows the power you need just to get out there. That's it, exactly right. And Jennifer Allen, if you haven't seen her throw before or not familiar with her, she has such awesome form. Like you watch her, she gets full extension almost as far back as she possibly can in her throws, and and just rips through. Just really powerful female thrower, and I, you just got to see it. Just go Google Jennifer Allen, look for some of her uh, some of her videos and her throwing. She has just it looks Fantastic like perfect form. form. Yeah, just amazing. So. But basically what they're saying is there are certain people that just couldn't do anything. And, right. like, we would get out there and our disc would get slapped out of the air. Yep. Like, just, just you know, you shall not pass, hit the ground, be throwing nowhere. I have no idea where it was going. I could pick the most understable disc I possibly could. And it would probably just try and throw a Sky Annie and then it would just get swept by the wind. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, I'll be honest... 
that's a throw I don't have in my bag. Like, I've been working on a Sky Annie for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a really good big Annie in the first mm-hmm. place. Like, that, my mechanics just aren't there. So I'm already, like, at a huge disadvantage trying to do that. But even if they were throwing a full hyzer, which is probably my most mechanically sound throw, I still have nothing close to the power to yeah. get out there. And when I throw a, a Sky Annie, I'm typically using my most understable distance driver, and it's really more of a of a of a flat throw that I'm putting out at a high angle mm-hmm. and letting the disc do the work. So I'm not really trying to do a Sky Roller or anything like that. I'm just trying to put a very understable disc up at a high angle and and let it work back. So similar concept, but I still I have no idea. I've never thrown anything in winds more than 20 miles an hour. But yeah. I have no idea. No, we've probably been in situations like that and been like, ah, maybe we'll call it a day. Like, yeah. I just threw my putter <laughs> approach and it got lifted and is now behind me. I uh, maybe we should call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> not not an uncommon result. So the, the other part was they were very well, not very close, but the the longest throw ever for someone throwing any object is with an aerobie which is that uh, that other type of Frisbee that you'll see out there that has the hollow center, big, huge... You know, you know what an aerobie is. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if, if you're into disc golf, you're into Frisbees, you probably know what an aerobie is. If you don't, yeah. look it up. It's A-E-R-O-B-I-E, aerobie. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a ring. Yeah. yeah, it's a ring, essentially. And the longest throw with that, the world, world record, which has stood for years, decades now, I think, I think 20 years, uh, something along. Oh no, two thousand three. So, uh, so decade yeah, plus thirteen years. Yeah. Um, but is thirteen hundred and thirty three feet. So, quite a quite a big distance. And I I honestly I think that David Wiggins hit that record's going to stand for a while. Mm-hmm. Number one, you heard them say in the video that they're probably not going to do that. Hopefully, there'll be some change. In the way this tournament was done. Like, there was enough backlash from the community, essentially, that, that people recognized that this was a little bit silly. It doesn't represent actual disc golf throws. It's meaningless to the actual sport in terms of of how you would actually play a course. You would never, ever throw that throw practically unless there was a disc golf course at that desert flat in Nevada. Yeah. You know, that's a good call. <laughs> like, if you've ever watched, um, and I'm bringing a different sport in, so growing up, do you remember like uh, with football for Pro Bowl, they used to have like all these challenges. Uh-huh. Like that was my favorite. Like Pro Bowl was the greatest back in the day because there was like the quarterback challenge and the lineman challenge. Yeah. But part of the quarterback one was a distance throw, but there were cones. Basically, there was a tunnel down the middle that mm-hmm. you had to land the ball in. And if you didn't yeah. land in the tunnel, your distance didn't matter. Yeah. So I think that would be yeah. pretty cool to say like, hey, you've got um, – you know, 50 meters, like give it yeah. a big kind of space, like, but still like, or even, even just if it was landing in a, you know, like a, a 20 meter circle. Well, but that takes yeah. away the distance piece, but a 20 yeah. meter width. Yeah. Like you have to land in this width in this corner, down this line yeah. to, to incorporate some accuracy. Uh, most people were just calling for, they wanted like an indoor hangar or something like that. I mean, it could just be somewhere that historically has not a ton of wind 
And, you know, if it's less than 10 miles an hour wind, you're, you're probably, you know, it's probably negligible um, in terms of, of the throwing. And flat ground is the most important. That's the hardest part. That's why they go to the desert is because there's not a bunch of places that have, you know, a thousand feet of perfectly flat ground. And they need it in a lot of directions. Right. You know, these are not throws where it's like, oh, they're going to pipe it down the fairway. They need a lot of space to do this. So they need a big flat area. There's not a ton of places that have it. And, you know, sports arenas are not big yeah. enough. I mean. <laughs> but I think, so, I guess, I guess some of the stuff that at this point Simon's like really known for, right, is the trick shots. Yeah. And I would say it's a trick shot. Yeah. But it's a cool ass trick shot. Like. Very cool. It's not something that everybody can do you know so it's i'd I'd argue to say there's only two or three people that can do it in the world (laughs) literally (laughs) exactly so it's like cool like yes it's not disc golf quote unquote like it's a it's a trick shot right some of the stuff that simon does like that you'll see on his youtube or his instagram are not really gonna help his game you know you're never gonna throw a disc around a uh a skate park you know, half pipe and mm-hmm. get it to do things. Like, yeah. you'll never need that. But, still but cool. you can get out there and do it. Yeah. My favorite, my all-time favorite of Simon's Trick Shots, there's one that's up on his Instagram, and it's also on YouTube. But he takes, I don't know what type of disc it is, but he's standing right next to a basket, and he throws a disc basically straight up at a very high angle standing from the basket away from it and it just glides right back into the basket i mean he throws it probably 90 feet in the air and just it just glides right back in mm-hmm. and it's amazing if you haven't seen it you have to you gotta right, see it right it's probably my all-time favorite disc golf trick shot and just blows it's my insanely mind hard. like yeah that it's even possible. i don't know that i could ever i i could spend a year working on that like 10 hours a day and i don't think i could do it so Give yeah. give respect where respect is due. Like, yeah. I don't understand the point of bad mouthing because you can't do it. Uh, I don't know. know. Sometimes people just want to hate. Speaking of which, poor Simon, second place again. I know. Uh, I so so. A fun backstory. Robin messaged me when he saw the nine hundred three, the first time, and we were pumped, and then. You know, the next day, messaged me again. was like, Wiggins 11, whatever. And my very first message back was, I feel bad for Simon. <laughs> yeah. It is. Simon's so likable. And I feel like the, the tour is super early. The season is super early. But he's having, he's, he's being really hit or miss with his game mm-hmm. right now. Like actual playing and. He'll have a great day and then, like, digress a ton and and have, like, a bad day. And I was like, distance, all right, he has something. You know, he has something that to, like, pump him up and be like, well, at least I can just bomb and I'm the best at that. And then Wiggins comes out and does that. And I'm like, what does he have now? (laughs) He's still an amazingly dynamic player and very entertaining. And he'll have his day. He's he's He will. He's still young, dude. These guys are so young. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Just overall, we felt that 
what we saw was amazing and it generated a lot of conversation a lot of attention to disc golf which is great yes it would be nice to know exactly what these guys can throw under ideal conditions so we have a record that stands up and over with time. cameras so you can actually see and by what yeah. we saw was really just really cool uh 360 drives yeah and and then you and, don't see the and nothing else yeah because yeah. it just like you see them release and it's like background. disc gone i have no idea so it would be nice to be in a situation where either there's drones up there that, that can catch the disc from multiple angles, um, and so we can see the flight. That would be awesome. And think, I don't think that that's unreasonable. So you think drones are going to end up being on the on the course, like, really, like, standing up in the air watching drives? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're already using them for CCD. Look, look and, at me already going back to football real quick. So, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, your favorite team. What? You named your son after their I receiver. Did, I did not. Uh, he didn't. It's, it's a joke. It's a, it's a big joke. Sorry. But they have that huge screen, right, in their arena. Mm-hmm. So, now with that huge screen, I don't know if you know this, but punters yeah. love to try and hit that. Yeah. Like, that's their and target. Do. And they do. Yeah. So, now, if there are drones floating up. Do you think people will start trying to hit drones? If they do hit a drone. I mean, that would be just the luckiest shot ever. I know, but do you think... Would you... I guess they wouldn't. They wouldn't because it's not going to help your throw at all. It's and gonna, it's the odds make, of you doing yeah. it. It'd okay. be like the Randy Johnson okay. hitting the seagull. You know how sometimes pitching. you have like a cool idea to bring up and then as you explain it, you realize that you shouldn't have said anything? Well, that's why you have me here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> to, just to come in. Comic relief. <laughs> You know, they have the, the seagull boss. He flies in, shits all over everything, and leaves. <laughs> I've had a few of those. I really hope I'm not one of those. I don't think I'm one of those. No. We are have an exciting announcement for our podcast, which is we have announced in our previous podcast that we need help figuring out new deer review and, and listen, we've got some. We've got some suggestions, and we thank you so much. Uh, you know, but we were waiting for one that really stuck. One that we were like, that, that's good. Yeah, I'm into that. And we had a terrific one from a listener, and actually someone that that coincidentally lives fairly close to us, but submitted a uh, to our Instagram, contacted us, and submitted a disc and beer uh, review combination. And his name is Wright Mormon from Napa, California. His message, he says, Hey guys, enjoying your nonsense and deer reviews on the podcast during my uh, commute to work. Here's a suggestion for your deer review. The Gator was my first disc, and I'm from Mississippi, which is why I'm familiar with this beer, and I'm lucky enough to, to have found a store nearby that I can still get it. And the beer is uh, Andy Gator by Abita. Mm-hmm. It is a Hellas Doppelbach. Which is delicious. Wait, so we got the Gator, we got the beer, but before I get into that, I I have to apologize to everyone. Uh, we got so many messages how upset you all were that we didn't actually give our final rating of our deer review last week. And by tons of messages, I mean one single message actually from Robin that we didn't give a uh, a finish to the wizard and Pliny. Uh, so if you're not familiar, 
We have an awesome rating system. If you're drinking at home to the drinking game, you should have taken like seven shots for this. They can be shots of beer, though. Of tasty beer. And don't shoot it. Like, drink it slowly and enjoy it. Anyways, so Wizard and Pliny, we, we have decided uh, that it is actually a first for the podcast. And it is a grip lock. So, awful throw off the tee. You're kind of mad at yourself and kind of sad. Not that either of them were not good. The Wizard is an awesome putter. We both love it, but it doesn't have a place in our bag. Pliny, of course, is one of the best IPAs there are. One of, arguably, one of the top five IPAs ever made. Totally. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not going to find a much better IPA, if better, anywhere. But it's got a funky-shaped bottle. It doesn't really fit in my bottle keeper. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's kind of expensive. And if you drink beer on the course, you have spilt beer before. And if you're telling me that you've never knocked over your beer or had it fall over during a round, you are lying. And I don't appreciate that. And you don't want to spill any Pliny. Exactly. Like, I would be worried almost as much about my beer falling over as my next shot. So I don't see myself bringing Pliny on the course, uh, nor the wizard in my bag. And that is why it is a grip lock. So, so you're welcome, adoring fans, for our world-famous deer review. We followed up. So after another segment of Joe Super Digression Hardeman, we're back to... What was it? What, I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. Did somebody... Oh, I don't know. Is this the end of the podcast? We, <laughs> <laughs> so in any case... So we reviewed the, the Abita Andy Gator with the Innova... Gator. Which is a stable to overstable mid-range disc. Yes. And the beer is a Helles Doppelbach, which um, it, it's actually, I had never had this beer before, and it it's a very, very highly regarded beer for it's what great. it is. It, it's fairly strong in alcohol. It's 8%. It is kind of a malty and hoppy. Uh, much stronger yeah. than what you would typically expect from a, a Bach-style uh, beer. or uh, And just really quite good. It is. It really I, is. Very much more so than I've ever experienced from a, a Bach-style uh, beer. It, it does have the hop flavor that comes it through. It does, but it's kind of like citrusy. It's like... Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, you think every beer is citrusy. There is a lot of citrusy in the last beers we talked about, so don't even... <laughs> I was very correct in my citrus uh, profiles, Robin. Sure, I'm sure you were. I was. But it's uh, it's kind of a golden color. It's uh, a little bit hazy to the beer. Um, I would say it's kind of sweet. The, the malty kind of flavor comes through with the mm-hmm. honey and everything yep. else. Yep. It's that's a very apparent when you taste it. Um, very smooth, delicious beer. Really terrific. Also, beautiful bottle. Yeah. It, it, it passes the uh, the marketing test. It does. Of... Well, listen. Marketing works on alcohol. We mm-hmm. all know that. Just like it does on discs. We've talked about it before. Robin, more so than myself, but I'm also... Uh, I'll fall victim to it. Buys discs because they look real pretty. I probably do that more with beer. Maybe than Robin does. <laughs> ah, I'm susceptible to yeah. anything. Anything in a pretty container. Listen, is, if it looks is. cool and it has fairly high alcohol, 
I'm probably going to buy it. I'm going to be yeah. honest. So if you're trying to sell it to me, <laughs> you figured me out. So this was a, a terrific submission uh, by uh, by Wright Mormon. It is. You know, and... I've been wanting to throw a gator for a really long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've probably had a gator in my cart seven different times yeah. and then not followed through. Yeah. Uh, so we got a... And especially pretty one, too. Yeah. This is a purple metal flake gator, which we will throw out. You'll see it undoubtedly before, but we'll throw out on our Instagram a picture of the gator and of the uh, Andy Gator beer uh, together so you can get a look at it. But it's especially purdy disc. Right. And, and listen, as I say, right, right, we are going to get you a disc, but I'm going to be honest with all of you and with right up front. It's probably not going to be this disc because <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. Um, so I'll get right into the disc. So everything you read about a gator, right? If you look up uh, in of a gator, everyone's like, oh, it's a meat hook. It's this really stable mid-range. Uh, it's just overstable. It's always coming back. Uh, I didn't find that to be true. It's, it's definitely stable. It is a stable disc. I would not call it like a really overstable. I wouldn't give it a meat hook. No, uh, no. Classification. You can, you can snap it out flat and it's going to come back, but but it'll stay on that flat line. It's got nice glide. So it's, um, Robin, if you want to give us the numbers, you can do that and then I'll tell you a little bit more about so it. So it is a speed five, a glide of two, uh, a zero turn, and a fade of three for this disc. And... Um, very surprisingly similar numbers to the Champ Rock Three. Yeah, which you know, basically the main, the only difference between those numbers is that the Rock Three has more glide. Yeah. So uh, perhaps that's what gives this disc the overstability, which gives it just you know, that it comes fades back out. a little bit earlier. It comes back a little bit earlier than the Rock Three would. Um, I agree with Joe when I threw it. I see all the time in various forums on Disc Golf Course Review or on Reddit or other places, uh, when people ask for an overstable mid-range that they need to throw, the Gator is often high up on the list. They'll suggest mm-hmm. it quite a bit. And while I would definitely call it stable, I wouldn't call it overly overstable. Right. It was it right. was just, I would call it very stable. Um, I What I did love about it was it was pretty versatile. One of the things for me, the forehand is a big part of my game, and I need to be able to throw my mid-ranges for forehands. I carry certain ones for forehands only. Um, And this held a really nice forehand line. Uh, I could put it down on a little bit of a a hyzer flip line with it and, you know, get a low release and and flip it up to flat, and it would fly nice and straight for a good amount, probably 270 to, to 300 feet with it and and came you know back at the end and for backhand lines it was just straight you know flat to to hyzer finish and and if you gave it a true kind of spike line it just held it all the way it really nice disc and and did we mention that it's pretty it is so the other cool thing about it uh so we mentioned or i mentioned last week so i put with a judge um and I put it with a wizard before that, so I like discs that have a bead. So I order a lot of discs online, so I like bought this online and knew it was coming through uh, the regular mail, so U.S. Postal Service. And they have this really bad habit of, even when like the package says do not bend, 
my awesome mail carrier will slam them into my mailbox. So I've gotten a few discs that have been like warped because they're jammed in and bent. And so I got the notification on my phone that it was delivered and I cringed a little bit and I was afraid to go get it out of my mailbox. But I opened it up and it fit totally fine, right? So I was thinking mid-range, I was thinking this big wide disc. It's actually pretty much putter size. Yeah, not so it's too much not bigger than big, a putter. Right, so I think that's something that I did not expect. I really, in all honesty, was expecting a totally different feel to, to a Gator. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, along the lines of probably something closer to a buzz or something, just something mm -hmm. big and wide and, and maybe deep. Mm -hmm. It is fairly deep range. It is, it is, but it's got, I mean, it, it reminds me of my putters so much, and I... It actually reminds me of like a um, Prodigy PA3 where the edge isn't fully rounded. There's like a little bevel. But it, it just, it feels a lot like my Judge, which I drive with also. And purely that like comfort in my hand, like already made me want to throw it more. And then getting out and throwing it and not being this overly stable meat hook actually makes me like it more i don't need that really right now i uh i can't think of a time that i'm throwing a mid-range like a short distance and really needing it to give me a good hook i'll probably just mm -hmm. spike a fairway or something or throw a thunderbird or a firebird on an angle to get something like that and i actually i carry like an os buzz right now and i do think the gator might replace that because that is a lot more stable mm. than this. So if you have an OS Buzz, like I have a Crystal OS Buzz, which is very similar plastic in my opinion, um, this is not as stable as that. Oh, definitely not. So don't don't expect it to be like that. It's it's definitely not. But it's a cool disc. It's pretty. So and it's it's super. The, every line that I wanted, that I pictured in my mind, throwing it on and saying I'm going to get it to that point on this line, I pretty much could just do it like it's very comfortable and very predictable i uh, i am my mid-range discs in my bag are primarily discraft in fact yep. actually all of them not primarily all of them are discraft so i carry several buzzes i carry a buzz os and a wasp uh in in my bag and i threw those discs with this one that's what i typically do when i review a disc i throw other discs that are similar to it along with so that I can try and gauge, try to help, I guess, mitigate any any arm or, or environmental factors, wind, things like that, that maybe my form is way off that day or something like that. So at least I can see what's going on, you know, with some of the other discs that I believe are similar. So like when I, when I threw the Outlaw that we reviewed, I threw Destroyers along with and... Um, in this case, I threw the Buzz OS because I thought that it might be similar to that. And then I also threw the Wasp and the regular uh, you know, Z-Buzz and Titanium Buzz along with it. And this disc most reminds me of the Wasp. Um, it's nowhere near as overstable as the Buzz OS, in my opinion. Um, it's very much similar to how the Wasp uh, flies, which is that it is going to fade... 
but it's not going to just immediately start to go left on you if you don't get a real good right. grip on it. And, and it's fade is three, so it's not a huge fade two, which mm-hmm. I like in mid-ranges, and that's why I will throw a mid-range over a fairway sometimes because I want much less of a fade. Mm-hmm. But if you put it up there on a big hyzer, like it'll it'll come back a good angle. Like I, I dig it. So yeah. With all that said, this is going in my bag. I said it probably is. It's mm-hmm. going in my bag, and and sorry, right? That's why <laughs> you're not going to get this disc. But we will figure out what we're going to get to you. But uh, I, I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, it's a it's a great disc for me. Uh, it, it's it's a tough tough deal to try and get a new mid-range in my bag yeah I'm just, i mean it's not a putter this is gonna a, happen so often if it was a putter you'd throw like i'm gonna six ruin in, but... i'm gonna ruin half of these deer reviews because i'm just so freaking stubborn about what's not in being my bag. stubborn that's smart like that's how you should be so uh, for me it's not this one won't go in the bag um like for me it's replacing a utility disc yeah. like it's it's replacing an emergency disc like and i'm okay with that it's not mm-hmm. something that i'm gonna pull out all the time but it's something that I'll feel comfortable pulling out in a ton of headwind or uh, like a, an emergency forehand that I do need just a big hook around, but I don't mm-hmm. want to throw away past. There will definitely be a place for this. Um, and I, I'll probably actually use it more than I have been using the OS that's sat in my bag. Mm-hmm. And did we mention that it's pretty? <laughs> I, think, I think we covered that. Okay. In great detail. So... As far as the beer, I'm I'm digging it. It is yeah. good. I've had it before. It's a great beer. I've never had this beer before. I honestly didn't know it existed. Oh no? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can get it around here every once in a while. It'll it'll pop in our local stores. So I got it. You know, like I said, great artwork, decent alcohol content. I'm probably gonna pick it up. So I've I've definitely picked it up before. I'm digging it. I don't know that I'm bringing it on the course though. Yeah. Uh, it's very drinkable. Like it's a it's a sneaky eight percent. Like you don't taste the eight percent. Like it's not kicking you in the butt. But no, I don't know. It doesn't speak to my disc golf game. It it's got a pretty bottle. It's delicious. Yes. No, I will drink a lot more of it. Like if it's in our stores, I'll get more of it. But mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to bring it on the course. Yeah. It's the more uh, as I we're getting close to finishing our bottles of these but it the sweetness has has definitely come on strong yes of, of this beer so um definitely one that i would want to sit and enjoy and and not bring out on the course yep yeah it's definitely something i'm drinking out of a bottle keeper and it doesn't fit that great in the bottle keeper to be honest but it's also beer that i feel like would probably be better in a glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think so I think that's absolutely the case with this. Yeah. It's probably one that that uh, poured into a glass would release a little bit more of the flavor, so and also give you the aroma, which I think would would help. Yeah, for sure. Like this. So, I think we need to come up with a new rating, right? Because now both of us are saying no to the beer on the course, mm-hmm. and one of us wants it on the course. Okay. So. So it's like a botched star frame, or like a I, I don't know. Well, it's like the. Uh, I mean, it almost would be like a stroke on the card. Sure. Right, because it's guess. one out of four. Yeah. Instead of. There you go. I guess that makes sense. 
We should probably discuss these ahead of time. No, it's more fun this way. I guarantee. <laughs> for me, anyways, it's way more fun. Actually, you know, a bot star frame actually makes more sense. I think that makes way more sense. Well, no, no, because a bot star frame would be three out of four, and this is one out of four. So, well, either way, it's one. Out, it, you could flip it. Either way, but, it's one. But but a bot star frame is three good and one bad. Yeah. And then. But this is this is three bad and one good. So that so three not getting a birdie and yeah. one getting a birdie okay. is the one good, so it's a stroke on the card. Gotcha, nailed it again. <laughs> Great job, me. <laughs> You're welcome, awesome listeners. Wow, Joe, Joe's going for the high score tonight. So, I guess it's time for us to talk about what's coming up. Yeah, I think so, which is... Which is not a lot. It's not a lot. There will probably be some more, like, cool videos and maybe some B-tiers and stuff, but as far as pro A-tiers, there's not really anything huge coming up. Not particularly. Unless we can't read uh, there's, the PGA there's, website well. There's the... Mich- Use your words. I believe in you. I, I was just changing tabs on the website. But uh, there's the, the Mishikawa uh, Meltdown presented by Essential Discs, which is in Indiana. Um, and it's the only A tier that's coming up. Not a lot of big names that are going to be there. I don't know whether there's anybody covering it, so whether we'll see it. Um, at this point in the disc golf season, we are building towards bigger tournaments that are coming here in April. Um, you know, the the biggest of them being, you know, Nick Hyde and Glassblown Open. Right. And Texas State. Right? Yeah, and Texas State Championships that will also be in April. So we got a little bit of a lull here in the action, but they're they're coming up pretty soon. And and hopefully we'll we'll see those. Yeah, we'll see something. We'll we'll hear things. Something's. I mean, good things are happening. Moreover, I think in the next couple weeks we'll probably see some uh, coverage from the uh, the St. Patrick's Classic. Oh in yeah, Orangevale. oh I want to see so, that so bad. I bet Pure Heiser gets something out for that. I I'm so stoked right now because yeah. I totally forgot about it. So yeah. you brought it up. And uh, also, there'll be some more of the coverage of the La Mirada Open that'll probably come out on some of the CCDG videos. So we got a little bit of a of a um, uh, some of those videos that have been right. backlogged that they're editing and working on. The lull in the tournaments will allow for these to come. Did we out. mention that we enjoy CCDG? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's going to be a lot of great videos coming out. Great tournament coverage that has of. Uh, uh, tournaments that have already happened this year that we'll get to watch and discuss and the everybody is really upping the the bar on on the coverage the graphics the commentary uh, there's just a lot of really great work that's coming out and they're really progressing it's so, it's amazing it's great uh, to I'm, see i am excited yeah so hopefully We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. Well, I mean, we have plenty to talk about now. But, yeah, we'll have more to talk about. We're excited. Um, please tell your friends about our podcast. I'll be honest with you all. We're not asking for money. We're not trying to make money off this. But we are driven by listeners. 
Yeah. We love doing this and we hope that you enjoy it. Uh, and what helps us is you telling your friends and getting more people to check us out. Also love it when you guys reach out, comments, uh, questions, anything you want. Give we... us a dear review suggestion and we'll get yeah, you a disc. Exactly. Take, take advice from uh, from our listener today that won themselves a disc to be determined. I know. Like a, right? A... Introduced you to a great beer. Yeah. And us to a great disc. Exactly. A, a disc to be named later. Yes. <laughs> you, sir, got yourself a DX Coyote. But we try to reach out to anyone that, that uh, takes the time to contact us on our social media outlets. And we always enjoy what you have to say and take heart any suggestions you might have as well. Yeah, yeah. So, that being said, also, uh, no baby yet for me. Well, it's still possible that it could happen anytime. I was going to knock on wood, but I'm like, I want the baby to come. So I guess I don't really knock yeah. on I don't know what knocking on the wood would be for more time before or faster. I, there's no point to knock yeah. on wood. So while I may have seen... It's going to happen. <laughs> so while I may have seemed disoriented and confused for most of this episode, it was not because my wife just had a baby. No. It's, uh, it's still to come. So it's going to get worse. But if you follow us on, on any of our social media, you're going to know when baby comes, I yeah. guarantee. So, Yeah, because all of a sudden nothing will be posted for six days. No, it'll just be <laughs> bad pictures. and and just So I'll just be honest. So Robin manages the majority of our social media. So he does the, like, the vast majority, I probably nine to one things on Instagram, if not way, way more. Actually, it's probably way above that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's probably like 20 to one. Uh, same with Twitter and then Facebook. I check because I know actually has like a Facebook account, but he does really nice work. Mine isn't as great. You could probably go through our Instagram feed and pick out the ones that are Joe and the ones that are Robin <laughs> just by how awesome they are, <clears throat> which I'm okay with. I'm all right with. So just know that if, uh, you start recognizing them probably being from Joe, that there's a baby but I'm gonna be honest. We're gonna. I'm gonna post something about there being a new ward baby in the world. I will. I will post some things too. And also, while I do do a lot of social media post, posting, I do not know what our social media accounts are. So why don't you tell our fine listeners? So on Twitter, we are at the Disc Pod. And if anybody knows who has the Disc Golf Podcast, that's. Like posted once five or six years ago, send them our way because I would love to have that <laughs> account also. Uh, we are on Instagram as the Disc Golf Podcast, and then on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We are uh, gonna have our website up soon, so we have the domain you can go to the discgolfpodcast.com. It's gonna push you to our Facebook, but probably, hopefully, soon. We'll have a full-fledged website. Uh, we'll, you know, post articles that we're into and our podcast. I don't know that we're ever going to get into, like, real editorial stuff and write articles ourselves. I don't think that's really I can really barely type, jam. let alone read. I am the opposite. And by the opposite, I mean I can't do either. <laughs> that's the same. I just said I can barely type and or read. Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. Okay. That's why so we're I'm, friends. I'm, exactly. We're good at other things. So check us out. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. 
when you reach out, even when you don't. Uh, we're having a blast doing this, and we hope you're having a good time, too. Thank you for listening. Get out and throw in the beautiful weather that unlikely is in your state. <laughs> but Northern California, it's great. Yeah. And. Hey, it's it's spring is budding everywhere. And, and no lies, we've said it before. If you're in Northern California and you want to hit us up, we will do our best to get out and throw with you because that just sounds like a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great weekend. Hope you listen to this on Friday right when it comes out. And we'll talk to you guys next week.